Welcome to the Bible Studies for Life adult podcast. This podcast is hosted each week by Chris Johnson and myself, Lynn Pryor. And Chris, I've got a question I want to ask you. Ask away. All right. When you were a kid, what did you want to do or who did you want to be when you grew up? Oh, I wanted to be a cowboy. Marshall Dillon. <laughs> that was for you, Christina. Yes. <laughs> That's my man. <laughs> well, we do have we do have Christina Zimmerman joining us for this podcast. We had lunch earlier today. Christina told me that she liked to watch old Gunsmoke Guns. reruns. Marshall Dillon. So I, I've been singing. I should have been a cowboy uh, by Toby Keith ever since then. So thanks, Christina. <laughs> oh, you're welcome. Glad to oblige. Well, Christina, thank you for joining us for this podcast. Uh, in a moment, we're going to talk a little bit about what uh, Christina does, as, as has been doing for Lifeway. Uh, but Christina, do you have a quick answer to that question? What did you want to do when you grew up? You know, the only thing I could think about is, is along the lines of what Chris just said. I always wanted to be a super person. So I thought about Superman and even Popeye. <laughs> I, can, I can remember even eating spinach at the table with my mom and then jumping up and running down the hall. So I just felt like I wanted to be somebody super Oh, that's great. Well, the reason I'm asking this question is because our session today is, uh, as, as we're talking about how do we discern the voice of God, the voice of God is, is the intent is always going to make us to conform more to the image of Christ. And, you know, we talk about what things we want to do as kids when we grew up, but the ultimate goal for every Christian is to grow up to be like Jesus. So that's our conversation. And before we really jump into this Bible study, it's a, it's a great study in Colossians. Uh, Christina, let's talk a little bit about uh, you have recently retired from Lifeway, but you have served us for, for a while as the editor for our U Bible study curriculum. Right, Lynn. And, and I am looking forward to these days ahead in retirement. I believe that this is a time that God has called me to come out of the workforce. And I try to, to follow what I believe God has always led me to do. And, and um, as I retire, as I look toward retirement, it's been maybe a month or so now that I've been retired. Um, I'm wanting to, to write some things. I've got a book that's half finished and it's mostly my autobiography because I, I have a, a quite dramatic life, one that has been uh, a lot of twists and turns. And I just wanted to, to share that with people to show how God has worked in my life. And also I wanna do some teaching. So I have opportunities for that as well. But the U curriculum has, has been um, a rewarding, experience for me as the content editor. So I'm praying that God will, that you guys will help to take care of whoever comes along and, and uh, fills this spot. Well, and the reason uh, we're talking even about the, the U Bible study curriculum, if you're not familiar with it, uh, it is designed for the African-American church, uh, but it partners with Bible studies for life because the studies in the U Bible study are the exact same studies that we do in Bible studies for life. For instance, this particular session that we're talking about, does the, the, the question is, does it lead you to be more like Jesus? Colossians 3, that's the same study that's happening 
uh, in the U curriculum. So let's let's jump in to look at this. And uh, remember, our topic is how do we discern the voice of God? And in this, we want to see that God's voice is always calling us to be more like Jesus. We're going to pick up Paul's writings in Colossians 3. And let me just read the first four verses of Colossians 3. So if you've been raised with Christ, seek the things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. For you died and your life is hidden with Christ and God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will appear with him in glory. So, Lynn, I appreciate how you introduce this, and our, our point is that God's desire is to conform us to the image of Christ, um, to become more and more like Jesus. Um, I want us, um, in, in our conversation today, to talk some about how that occurs, uh, but I don't, I don't want to take for granted that most of our listeners or most of the people in our groups understand that that's God's purpose in saving us to make us more like Jesus. That's not evident in our churches and in our culture. So I'm, I'm concerned that maybe we, I think that is the point and I think that is what God's desire is, but I don't know that we've made that point or can or help believers connect with how important it is uh, to make that uh, our our all-consuming passion to be become more and more like Jesus. Right. I think a lot of a lot of times the emphasis seems to be on God wants us to be nice people. God wants us to be yeah wants us to be good citizens. You know to be uh, which when we conform to being who, who to be like Jesus, we do become the people we ought to be in the community. Um, but the first is you're right. It's first and foremost, it's about becoming like Jesus, not just becoming a nice person. Yeah, you know, some people think that we become Christians and we just stay, stay as we are. You know, that, that we just live the life uh, that we've always lived, that there's no focus toward change. But, you know, when your heart is changed, you can't help but change some. But we have to work in cooperation with the Holy Spirit so that we we do begin to to look more like Christ or be like Christ. So this an emphasis that is here and in other passages in the New Testament is this a part of the process for uh, becoming more like Jesus is to set our mind on things above. So um, I want to talk. I want us to talk a little bit about what that is. And with that, I want to ask this question, what are some practices that have helped you to, to actually uh, make that a reality? What's some things that you do to help you to set your minds on the things of God? Well, you know, Chris, um, our, our minds are a wonderful gift from God. And the fact that he gives us uh, full range, you know, to, to guide our minds, to fill our minds, to make choices, I guess is what I'm saying. That's a wonderful gift. And so we can set our, our minds on all the wonderful attributes of God, all the things that Jesus did while he was here on earth. And it, it, for me personally, it's not just about walking around with your head in a cloud, but 
you begin to understand, I think, first of all, who God is, who Christ is, and all that you can, can know about him as a being. And so that helps you to develop a relationship with him. And in that relationship, you begin to, to see yourself. I spend time every morning. I get up at 5.30 almost every morning. And I spend time in the word of God. And I spend time in prayer. And my prayer, my, my devotional time has become so interactive because, it, you know, it started out, it was just me. It seemed to be anyway, but now I, I feel the presence of God there and, and, you know, have an opportunity to get a sense of, of how he's guiding me and how he's helping me to grow there. You know, it's, it's, a, it's amazing. The process of becoming like Christ is, um, is the best experience in, in all of my life. Well, I appreciate you sharing that, and I appreciate you giving some examples of focusing on God, spending time alone with him, uh, being in the word, focusing on the attributes of God, um, prayer as an interactive um, part of a relationship. So it's not just you going to God with everything that's on your mind or the requests that you have, but it's I'm hearing you say that it's a... Uh, there's a, there's a sense that you're in his presence and you're listening to him and uh, responding to him. Absolutely. It's, it's, a, it's not a, a you-only situation. And some people feel that way in their walk with God. That, you know, I remember talking to a lady once. She said, well, I pray all the time, but, you know, I just, that's, that's all I, I do. And I said, well, have you ever just stopped praying? And and listened. And she said, no, I've never done that. So she went home and she started doing that. She, she started praying and then she would stop talking just to, just to hear. And she said, it was just the most wonderful thing. And that was about two years ago. So now that's her practice. It's not just talk, but to listen as well. So Lynn, what are some things that you do to help you to set your thing, your mind on the things of God? I'm not going to say anything different than what Christina said, uh, simply because Christina gave to me the obvious answer, uh, which is what I gravitate to. What helps me get my mind on the things of God? When I read the things of God, when I read scripture, uh, I, uh, I have the same passion that uh, Christina does, although I will confess Christina's a slacker. Uh, she, she doesn't get up till 530. Uh, <laughs> I get up at five, uh, but, but Christina, I do the same thing. My passion is that's the first, I mean, I get my coffee, but the first thing I do is I sit down and I get my nose in scripture just to read uh, and to, to st and, uh, just to uh, once again, let God speak to me through his word before I hear or, or, or anything else. Even before I pray, I want to hear from God because that, that uh, impacts the way I pray. And folks, I'm passionate about this. I really am. This past year, I went, uh, I went through the Bible this past year six times. Just because I'm, I'm passionate, I've got to know God's mind. And that really helps me get around that. Now, you don't have to do anything quite that extensive. But other than what Christina said, 
you've got to spend time with God every day. And I, I'm with Christina. There's something about the morning. Uh, it just jumpstarts my day. It gets me thinking in the right direction. Uh, and I want to start with him because that does impact the rest of the day. So you, you both are obviously a lot more spiritual than I am. I appreciate it, Lynn. You know that uh, morning is just not my time, my favorite time of day. Uh, I, you know, if we have a meeting before nine, I, it, I, I, I'm, I'm just not hardly even uh, active in the conversation. <laughs> yeah, and my day's half over. That's right. But um, so some <laughs> other things that, that um, I, don't, I don't want our listeners uh, and the people in our groups to feel like, oh, well, I can never do that. I can never attain that. Um, so I think both of all of those things are important. But I think I think being with God's people sure. is a part of how uh, we can have our mindset on God. I think making some conscious decisions about what we choose not to focus on uh, is very important. Um, so uh, earlier in as in our conversations, we, we talked to Ron Brown about repentance and it's Ron described it as turning from going in one direction, turning from something uh, that is not pleasing to God. And, and I, I'm concerned that believers today uh, need that to be a part of their lives, that they're turning from the ways of the world, turning from their own selfish desires and making the focus of their life Jesus um, and, and his teaching. So the, the importance of the church, the importance of being with other believers, the importance of, of um, making a conscious effort uh, to make him and his kingdom first in our lives. Um, all of this is a part of setting our minds on the things of God. Chris, you said something in that, uh, that really Paul is going to address next, this idea, how do I focus on the things of God? And you said there's, there's also a conscious uh, effort to, to not focus on the things of the world, you know, make sure I'm focused in the right direction. And you, you go to the next verse in uh, Colossians 3, 5, where Paul says, therefore, put to death what belongs to your earthly nature. And he gives examples, sexual morality, impurity, lust evil desire, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, God's wrath is coming upon the disobedient. And you once walked in these things when you were living in them. But now, but now put away all the following, anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your mouth. Do not lie to each other since you have put off the old self with its practices." So Paul is taking us to see that God's voice is going to draw us to put to death that earthly nature. A part of our conversation uh, at lunch today, Christina, was um, we we were as we were as we were walking, we talked about the fact that um, there's a lot of things on on television. There, there's a lot of things out there that uh, are popular in in our culture of shows to watch and uh, you know a part of your uh talking about gun smoke was uh just that looking back to a different way of life uh to uh, where when you watch you don't have to deal with some of the things that paul described here because so many of those things are front and center and the focus 
of uh, popular culture, movies, TV shows. And, uh, you know, uh, I think it's important for us in all of our lives to recognize, you know, there's some, there's just some places I can't go. There's some things I don't need to do because of where it will take my mind. Right. You know, and, and what I have found, Chris, that will really emphasize this even more, there's a, a Greek word there put to death and I'm not even going to try to pronounce it. It's well, yeah, I will. It's a necrosate and that's N E K R O S a-T-E, necrosate. And it means to make dead, to make dead. So, I mean, that in itself is very, very strong. And so and what the commentary suggests here is that we, we not simply suppress or control these any evil acts or attitudes, but we absolutely wipe them out. You, you know, they're gone. They're exterminated. We're done with them. In other words, all of these, these wrong acts that, that are listed here in these verses. And he, and he points out that we used to live this way, but no longer. So as he says there, then in verse nine, that, okay, now you need to put away these things. This is not the life you live in Christ now. And I, there's a there's an imagery here that uh, I always find fascinating, and we're going to pick it up also as we look at the next verse. Uh, but there's a sense of the imagery of taking off clothes and putting on new clothes. Uh, if you'll let me, let me let me go to verse ten because he's here. I want to put away these things, but then he says in verse ten, but now put on the new self. And there's this imagery here of you take off the old clothes. You put on the new clothes, take off that old self, put on the new self. You know, we, we would think it would be stupid to, to buy some brand new clothes and just put them on top of what we're wearing now. Uh, we, we, no one would think of doing that. Yet the Christian life, it should be that obvious to us as well that, no, I cannot live the new life in Christ and wear that as long as I'm wearing the old clothes or the anger, the rage, the malice and all those things. Uh, back to verse seven, mm-hmm. you once walked in these things when you were living in them. So it's important for believers to understand that we, we've turned, we've changed, and we need to walk away from those things and not allow them to be part of our lives anymore. Uh, one of the questions we ask in our, from a discussion perspective is, uh, how do we sometimes justify holding on to aspects of our earthly nature. And um, it's probably a good conversation uh, for us to have in our groups to, uh, to wonder aloud, have, have I turned from these things and what, what causes us to hold on to, to, to those things? Now, in, in walking in the Christian life, uh, some people, all they hear about is the, the don'ts, the don't do this. If you're going to, if you're going to follow Jesus, don't do this, don't do that, don't do this. And there is an element to that, but that's only half of the equation. As Paul has done here, he says, now you need to take these things off, but there's such a positive side of the Christian life too, because as he says, now take these things off, but you don't stop there. You, in, in a sense, you're kind of standing there. If I can say it this way, you're, you're standing there naked. He says, but now you're going to put these things on. And that's what he says in verse 10. Now, put on the new self. You are being renewed in knowledge according to the image of your creator in Christ. 
There is not Greek and Jew, circumcision and uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, slave and free, but Christ is all and in all. Therefore, as God's chosen ones, holy and dearly loved, here comes the positive stuff. Put on compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bearing with one another and forgiving one another if anyone has a grievance against another. Because just as Christ has forgiven you, so are also you are also to forgive. And above all, put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity. So let me just use this fashion motif once again. <laughs> he tells us to put on love, and love is something that never goes out of fashion. I like that. I like that, Lynn. You know, this is great that we, we have something that we can put a finger on. You know, even the things that we take off, there's a list of things that Paul has said we need to just put away. And I was thinking, you know, what if there was not a list there? He just said, just, you need to stop doing wrong. You need to stop doing evil. And he doesn't name the list. And so, you know, I think that what he's doing is he's helping us to understand that because you can identify these things, you know not to fall into them. Well, Christina, I think with that, you know, th there are people that they want to turn over new leaf. They says, you know, they say, I need to quit this bad habit. Well, that's good. I mean, I, I appreciate their heart on that. But when you give up a bad habit, and all you do is you think about that bad habit. The key is you got to replace the bad habit with something, something good. Now, let's put that in the spiritual realm. We're not just talking about habits, but we need to get rid of the sin. It's one thing to set the sin aside. We got to step in to the righteous life we're called to live. Absolutely. And, and you know, and that's what I'm, I'm thinking about here is that, you know, we have a handle on everything that we do. And so when we take off one thing, we can put on, we can solidly name another thing that, that can replace that thing. It's just like you said, it's, it's a, you know, this is a, the clothing is a metaphor for what Paul is asking us to do. If I take off my shirt, I need to absolutely put on another shirt. You know, if I take off anger, for example, what's going to be there, I need to put something in the place of anger. You know, there, that's an emotion that, that, that people use to communicate with other people. But if you're not angry with that person, then you put on love. You see what I'm saying? So that helps us, those words, those listings, helps us to more positively do or follow this command that, that Paul has given us here. So Richard Blackaby in writing says that uh, uh, the qualities that he mentions, compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience, and love, ultimately things that we are to put on um, are, are qualities from, that come from God that we see in other places in scripture. They, they're, we see them in Galatians uh, 5 in the fruit of the spirit. Um, so we're, we're to put on these, these qualities or these attributes we're to make these things our focus and our priority. Uh, and I, I don't think this is an exhaustive list. I think this is just to get us headed in the right direction. So uh, practically, how, how do believers do this? How do we put on godly character? 
You, you know, when we become Christians, we, we're already who we are. You know, we have a character, in other words. And I like where the Bible says that, um, you know, guides us in understanding that we become two natures. And, you know, and for a long time, that old self was in control. <laughs> it, was, it was in control. And here you come with a new, uh, a new nature. And so I can remember being frustrated with myself because I couldn't do those things that I wanted to do as a Christian. You know, so over time, that old nature would get smaller and the new nature would become bigger. But it, it was only because I was practicing and I was intentionally trying to, to live the way I, I needed to live, you know, by the power of the Holy Spirit, of course, because I don't think we have the power to do that within ourselves, just ourselves. So only by the power of the Holy Spirit can we begin to, to take off all of those, those things. So it's a God thing. It's something God needs to change us, change our hearts, help us to be more like Jesus by the, through the power of the Holy Spirit. Um, practicing compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience. Um, we all, I think, have an appreciation for these terms. I think maybe an extreme narcissistic, selfish, hedonistic person would not give thought to these things. But I think most people generally hear those words and have, have an appreciation uh, for people who are this way or people who have expressed these things to them. Um, and uh, so a part of setting our minds on the things uh, above is removing the things. Lynn, I think you've done a good job of helping us see that, but it's putting on these things as well. And so it's practicing these things. It's, it's uh, asking God to make us compassionate and kind. Um, all of the things that are described in this passage. Part of my prayer life it includes just God, I'm not in charge. You are that acknowledgement of his lordship that God, I do want to be compassionate. I want to be loving, but I, the truth is I can't. So I step off the throne. I, I recognize yours, Lord. And for the only way I'm going to be compassionate and, and loving is if your Holy spirit works through me. Uh, and of course, he, one of the phrases Paul uses, uh, a rich, a rich phrase is in Christ. I can do these things in Christ by letting his spirit work through me. You know, if I might add this, this other thing that I just um, recently heard from a, a preacher that I respect very much. He was saying that if you want to make these changes in yourself, love, patience, kindness, gentleness and so forth, he said, then we must have a high view of God's sovereignty. In other words, if you are, if you know that God is control, is in control, then there's no reason for you to be angry about anything because God is in control of this situation. If you know that God is in control, then there's no reason to hate someone because you know that God is in control. So you, you love so all of these attributes that are in these characteristics that are God's begin to come out because you understand that 
God is in control of every situation. And, and even knowing his sovereignty, you get to know who he is. You know, that's one of the things I think that helps us to change as well is, is learning who God is, learning who Christ is, learning all that we can about their nature and their characteristics. And then we will begin to, just as you said, man. Let me conclude this conversation with, uh, by reading the last paragraph of uh, Richard Blackaby's uh, uh, of this session and this entire study. He said, the good news is that you're not bound to remain the same person all of your life. You have the power by the Holy Spirit to put away anything that dishonors Christ and to put on anything that brings him glory. Devote yourself to putting away and putting on until there's nothing left in you but what looks like Christ. Hmm. It's powerful. That is a good conclusion to our study of how do we discern the voice of God and keeping in mind that his voice is always going to be calling us and what he, whatever he calls us to do, but it's to become more and more like Jesus. I think this has been a good study. And, but as we wrap it up, uh, let me tell you what's happening next week. We are starting a new study. Uh, it's out of all out of the gospel of John, but what we're looking at is different individuals and their encounter with Jesus. Uh, the study is appropriately called My Encounter with Jesus. But as we look at these, these uh, historical moments, these events in, in individuals' lives, we also want to turn the table to consider our own encounter with Jesus and how, if that's how the woman at the well encountered him, uh, this blind man in John 9, all these different encounters, how does that speak to my own encounter with Christ? So one thing you can do is you can, uh, I would do what you can to encourage other people to be part of this study next week as we start a new study of My Encounter with Jesus. We have provided you a resource that you can use to help encourage participation, and that's a uh, it's a promotional video. It's all of 60 seconds, but if you'll go to BibleStudiesForLife.com slash Adult Extra, there on that page, you will see promotion, a, a promotional video. As I said, it's only 60 seconds. But you're free to use that wherever you want to use it. Uh, put it in text messages to your group, to prospects, uh, guests in your group. Use it in a way to invite people to say, hey, I want you to be a part of this study. Feel free to put it on social media, on your church's website, wherever. But use it to help people so they, too, can have their own encounter with Jesus. Listen, thank you guys for the conversation today. Uh, it's been good to look at Colossians uh, 3 together, and I hope for those of you who are listening, hope that this has been beneficial to you as you prepare to uh, study God's word this week. Again, Christina, thank you for your commitment to the Lord and your devotion to him and following him. Thank you for your service for of him and his kingdom. And uh, we pray God's blessings on you as you move into the next part of your journey. Thank you so much, Chris. And it's, it's always, always good to to do this with you and Lynn. That's great. And for all of you, we hope you have a great Bible study this week. <music>